Day 47. We are in better spirits than before we disembarked, and with constant forward progress, they remain above baseline. The cold still bites us unrelenting, and hunger pains hit here and there with our reduced rations. But still we march on. Or should I say, paddle on. The past few days still continue to blend together for multifaceted fatigue of mind, body, and soul. The day's count is merely an estimate at this point. The past few days have been pretty similar, all things considered. We continue down the river during the day, tie off at night, and occasionally tie off to stretch our legs or attempt to catch game. We were more successful due to our sound signature being masked by the natural movement of the water, unlike when we tried to stalk along the path with horses and on foot. We navigated down a bend, initially past Bennett, and continued down a rather straight meandering path for the most part. Then the river dipped down and we entered a sort of canyon. This must be Miles Canyon. So, we're about a third of the way through our pleasure cruise? Outstanding. There would be nothing better than to get off this river and finally get some gold. You and me both. <laughs> you and me both. Say, is this river supposed to narrow down that much? We might be in for a bit of a spill. Whoa! Ah! 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 Hang on! What else am I to do? The raft, as if on cue, began to spin along the river, throwing us to the deck and sending some supplies out. The cold water splashed over the gunwale and up through the boards, chilling us. I was losing purchase on my log. Uh, I'm slipping! Grab the gunwale! Hang on, I'll make my way to... You. Is everyone okay? Physically. I peered over the boat to see what looked like water funneling down deeper into the river. Along this funnel was some object, presumably from the boat. I shuddered. That was almost me. I guess we're getting too comfortable for the river's like it. Yeah, especially. <laughs> hey, at least we're moving with more speed now. Aw, oh, cheer up now, mate. We made it, didn't we? Masters of the high seas, eh? Or the lowly Yukon. Careful now, mate. She'll hear you and toss you about proper next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut it. <laughs> You almost went over, my boy. <laughs> if you're in my spot, you would have gone over. Hang on next time. I'm sorry. I'll carve handles on our next river round. <laughs> we must have looked like buffoons to anyone onlooking. If anyone was onlooking. Maybe the birds found us peculiar. A bunch of men laughing about nothing after almost being sent to the riverbed. We were past it, while a short ordeal, an ordeal nonetheless, and we were exhilarated. I hardly even noticed the cold gnawing at me from my wet clothes until after we calmed down a while later. John, my boy, is this all the excitement we should expect from the river? You know, I don't know. Believe it or not, this is my first time coming up here too. Really? I must say. 
Ah, uh, boys. I don't think the river is done with us yet. Jesus! What little relief we had vanished as we looked towards the bow of our vessel. Well, bow isn't a correct term, as there was no true bow of this boat, unless you oriented it based on. That's irrelevant anyway. Towards the front that we were about to crash into was a huge swell of fast white water rapids. The water looked like the mane of a horse, charging fast ahead. This would not be pleasant. Grab your oars, man! Row on my counts! Ones and twos! Drive! You don't stand a chance. Brace against the gun walls! One! One! We crashed into two, the rapids hard, one, sending almost all of us to the deck immediately. I almost two, lost my oar one, right there. Two! One! Two! Row harder, damn you! We continued to be thrown around in the rapids, tossed from side to side, only making little impact with our rowing. The river was too strong, and we were trying to steer a square, so whenever we began to point a different way, we'd get spun around again. At this point, we were all facing the way we came. Turn around! No more rowing! Shove oars and hold to slow us down some. If I call your number, lift up your oar to turn. Plunge and hold! We thrust our oars into the surging water. It almost immediately ripped the oar out of my hand. I had to lean back and brace to keep from falling and losing. The force on the oar was immense, and my arms before it burned. The cold water spraying did nothing to help. Hold! Hold! I continued to hold even as my arms burned. My oar connected with something solid in the water and was yanked out of my hand. The force drove me head first into the log pit. Pain exploded in my head as my vision flashed, spots appearing around the edge. Get up! Put your oar back in! Oh, my head. The oar. The oar's gone. It hit something. Something warm ran down my temple. I touched my face. Blood. Great. Without an even amount of oars, the raft began to spin. Thomas tried to catch it, but it was too late. Jump! Take your oar out of the water! Oh, blast it! Hang on! The raft began to spin about like a drunken spider, at the mercy of the rapids, which were not all too merciful. We were tossed this way and that, jostled about, sprayed with cold water, and spun around and around. A rock! Brace! Swim to the... With a great impact and crashing, I was thrown from the boat into the frigid water. The cold seized me immediately, and I spasmed, opening my mouth to gulp in even more frigid water. I surfaced shortly afterward, and began coughing uncontrollably. Thomas! Samuel! I could see the rock further back, the straps of the boat supplies floating away from it, but I did not see my partner. I tried to swim as hard as I could, but I kept getting dragged away further and further, only getting more tired from my troubles. I saw someone surface. Swim with the current! Swim with... John! 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 Once again, I was thrown under the surface with no control. I couldn't see anything but blobs of color as I thrashed out, reaching for the light. I was along for the ride. The cold stinging my limbs, immobilizing me on par with the current, dragging me like a ragdoll. I would surface for a second, 
then get thrown back down. Finally, I surfaced for a little bit longer and turned just in time to see a rock. I awoke some time later on a riverbank. I crawled onto the grass and was gone again. Day 48? Is it actually day 48? I don't know. I woke up for the second time and had no idea how much time had passed. How this blasted book survived is beyond me. I sat up, weak, and looked around. Some of our equipment is also washed up on the riverbank with me. Some food, some tools. I turned to see John lying there a bit further down. Past him is Thomas. Samuel is nowhere in sight. John appears to still be out. Thomas is awake, breathing shallowly. Tom Thomas! Thomas! I attempt to make my way toward Thomas, stumbling about. At one point I fall over and crawl the rest of the way. He's halfway in the water. Thomas, you, you made it! <laughs> no, my boy. You made it. Me? I'm not bound for much longer. <coughs> Thomas coughed up blood. Some landed on my face. I looked down to see the water he laid in was red-tinged. And he had a piece of debris pushed through one side of his torso, slowly oozing blood. No, 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 no. You'll be fine. We'll get you out and we'll uh, wrap that up and you'll be... No, I won't. I'm not long for this world anymore, lad. But you, you need to survive. You, John, and Samuel, whoever he is. I, I didn't see him. Judge, he made it, I'm sure of it. He's got the... Best odds of us all. You have to keep going. Otherwise, it was worthless. You have to. My head felt like it was filled with lead. I could hardly focus on anything. You lads got to eat. I don't care what you do when I'm gone. Just do it with dignity. Promise you'll get to Dawson. Promise, Robert. Promise me you'll get to Dawson. I promise. Oh, good. Now, go check on... Them. 
sleeping beauty over there. I'm just gonna relax for a while. I turned over to John, who was now slightly sitting up, coughing up water. I completely forgot he was there. My head is so full of cotton, and my brain is in a fog. I crawled over to him. I shook him. John! John! Are you okay? Ah! My leg! Ah! My blasted leg! John rolled over on his back, clutching his left leg. His leg looked fine towards the top, but below the knee, his shin was yawed to the side at an unnatural angle. It must have been slammed into something during the rapids. Jesus, think. Think, Robert. John, John, are you with me? With you on what? John, I'm going to immobilize that. We can't stay here. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll be fine here. Someone will come. I started looking around and found two pieces of wood that must be splintered remains from the raft, as well as a spare shirt. It was already ragged from the rapids, so I ripped it into strips. I returned to John. All right, John. I'm going to splint your leg. Okay? No. Don't don't touch it. It'll be fine. I just need a minute. On three, John. No. Let me stand with a board. One. Please, Robert. Two. I had no idea what I was doing. Wait. But I couldn't do nothing. No. Three. Ah. Ah. Bite on the scrap ah. ball. It'll help. After a little more struggling, it was done. A board on either side of his leg cinched down with cloth bindings to hold the leg steady. It wasn't pretty, but it should work. John understandably passed out from the pain. While he was out, I incrementally regained my mental faculties. I scoured the shoreline up and down for useful items from the wreck. Samuel, Samuel! was nowhere to be seen. Samuel! Samuel! I started a fire to warm me up and cook a meal to eat by the time that John came to. He did not recall the ordeal of my splint application. This was probably for the best. I served him a cut and had one myself. We sat in silence, mostly. Where, where are the others? Samuel? Couldn't find him. Thomas? I shook my head. John nodded and continued to eat a bit more before setting it down. He turned to the side and vomited, both his meal and a considerable amount of river water. He then returned to eating what was left in small nibbles. I vomited my share of river water earlier, but still ate a little. I wasn't hungry. Provisions tainted by river water weren't very tasty. We both ended up sleeping around the fire to warm up and dry off somewhat. Every gust of wind chilled our wet clothes, but we had nothing else. Day 49, 50, 51. Everything was wet, cold, 
and miserable. And now we were by ourselves. Thomas would know what to do, I think. Where was he? I couldn't recall what happened to him anymore. All I remember was the raft, the campfire, and now we're hiking along the river. I have to support John on account of his leg. I don't think I could have moved any faster either, burdened down with what little supplies we do have. Trekking through the wilderness, keeping the river to my right was all there was. I'd occasionally see a deer or something in the trees, but carrying a splinted man was rather noisy, and all I had was an axe. John complained a lot, which was understandable. With every gust of wind, we'd violently shiver, which would either put weight on his leg or cause those very muscles to contract, causing him to shriek. When we started to feel warm for no reason, that was when it was time to stop for the day. I lay John against a tree and got us some wood for a fire. I hated being around it. It made me colder. But John insisted we had to do it when we got hot. I, 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 I know it doesn't make any sense, but when we get hot, we have to get around the fire. Here, does it make any sense for us to get hot up here in the Yukon? <laughs> no, I suppose it doesn't. That's why we gotta warm up at the fire. For real. Even if it makes you colder at first. Okay, John. Hey, Robert. Yes, John? Uh, are, are, are we going to make it? We got to. We'll find food. The boys are waiting for us. They left while we were napping. Probably left us some food ahead. Also, didn't we promise our folks before we left? Right. Robert, what were you going to do with the gold you get again? Before... I reckon I'd move somewhere warmer. <laughs> Enjoy time with Helen and the baby. Although now, I kill for a steak and some clean clothes. You? A, a steak sounds great right about now. Seriously, though, about the same as before with my Olivia. My... Uh, my... Damn it. The little one probably misses me. I didn't know you had a child. I, I do. Delilah. Right. Oh, you, you forgot. Excusable. We've had a hell of a time out here. You're her godfather, remember? Right. We ate what meager scraps of food we had left, barely chipping away at the hunger and silence staring at the fire. I dozed off at some point, for when I awoke, the fire was out. There was something nearby, something sizable. I could see it was close. It was a deer or small elk. I slowly got to my feet, grabbed my axe, 
If I was quiet, I could get it. Then we wouldn't have to worry about food. I crept around the tree and began to close in. John, wake up! I routed the tree, but John wasn't there. I felt something grabbing at my face, but couldn't see it. I truly woke up then. I was standing over John, and he swatted my face. John shuddered and then went back to sleep. I hobbled over to the other side of the burned-out fire and lay down to slumber myself. Cursed dreams. Day R2. They all blend together. I think it's been two days since the river. That doesn't matter, though. John is better now. He can walk on his own now. We don't talk much. There's not much to talk about. Complaining a whole lot less, too. Full bellies and all. I did find the deer in the morning. He was a small and withered specimen, like us. But I couldn't let it go to waste. His emaciated frame was probably the only reason I caught him. We continue marching on to Dawson for the gold. The cold doesn't seem to bother me as much. Maybe we're having a warm spell. Saves me time on getting firewood. Only need enough to cook today's meal. I guess that's the good thing about the deer being emaciated. It's easy to carry. Day R8. John is gone now. I don't know where he's gone. Probably to scout ahead. More for me to eat. He didn't take anything with him. I tried looking for him, but didn't see him. Oh well. They are. I lost the river some time ago. But I'm sure if I continue in the same direction, I'll be fine. I woke up voiding myself from both ends. Perhaps the deer meat is a little old, or I undercooked it. Sometimes I don't even feel like waiting for it to cook. Day suffering. I'm curled in a ball. Hot. Cold. Tired. My bowels betraying me aching unbelievably. I feel as if death has warmed me over. It'll be okay, Robert. You'll be fine. I'll rest with you here, too. Do it for Helen and Delilah. Right. Helen, my wife, and my beautiful little girl, Delilah. I didn't notice John came back initially. I tried to groan a thank you, but he was already asleep on the ground next to me. Day judgment. Jesus Christ, it's awful. It's terrible. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? John! 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 
John! John! John! John! John! Day? It doesn't matter. I wander through this unending forest. Why am I even here? Who even am I? I am a monster. I look through the pages of this tome and they taunt me. I am not this Robert fellow. The person who began writing at the beginning of this journal is not me. Why am I here? Why was my soul placed in this vessel to suffer in this manner? Day, John. John, 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 John. I stalk through the wilderness as much as I can with the unbearable heat. I shed my clothes long ago, except for something to preserve my dignity. I hear laughter ahead. I break into the clearing. Oh ho! There he is! It's about time, sir. Brother, you made it! Oh, my darling! It's them. They're back. I found them. Helen embraces me. She smells so wonderful, and she's so soft. I immediately back away, self-conscious of my appearance, thinking of myself dirty and grimy. But I look down to see myself in a fresh set of clothes, clean as the day I left. Thomas nods at me. I embrace all of them in turn. Helen, Mr. Thomas, Samuel, John, John. And I weep for a while, standing there, holding on to John. John, I'm so sorry, John. I didn't want to. I had to. I didn't mean to. No, I I completely understand. I mean, with your leg, the stomach ailments, and the... I look down at him, and he is perfectly healthy. I mean, you look wonderful now. I'm glad you're doing better. Do you forgive me, John? Oh, please. He says nothing. It squeezes me tighter and sways. This is good enough for me. I close my eyes for a while, lightly sobbing. I shouldn't in front of Helen, but I can't help it. She doesn't understand, but John does. Samuel doesn't understand, but John does. Thomas has an idea, but John understands. 
Thomas pats me on the back and gives me a handkerchief. As I dab my eyes, they all beam at me, which causes me to sob once more. Sorry about this, everyone. I'm not myself. I mean, where are my manners? Haven't even introduced you to Helen. I'm sorry for sobbing into your suit, John. John? I open my eyes. I am alone. I am dirty. I am emaciated. I am tormented. I am punished. I deserve this. I am in agony. I have nothing. Nothing except this worthless yellow rock. John! 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 Oh, John. Oh, John. Oh, John. I'm sorry. Sorry, John. Klondike Gold was written by Evan Jaffe. Robert was played by Neil Skarupa. John was played by Eric Phones. Thomas was played by Sigcorp. Samuel was played by Channing Carruthers. The Guide was played by TJ Hodder. Helen was played by Rebecca Mersinger. And The Captain was played by Tanner Wood. Episode artwork and music arrangements were provided by C.M. Peters. Production and sound design by Tanner Wood. This wraps up our preseason episodes for Season 3 here on Baseline Feed. If you'd like to support the show, please consider liking, reviewing, and sharing however you feel comfortable doing so. You're welcome to also support the show by signing up for our Patreon, and we'll even hook you up with a little something-something to show our love and appreciation. Our upper-tier supporters will receive some Season 3 exclusive merchandise as a little more thanks from us at the BLF. If you've listened this far, we thank you. We also want to give a little bit of a heads up on what we have planned for Season 3. Baseline Feed will be taking a turn to the darker side of fiction, and we're introducing a new format for our story presentations. Hello? Wait. What? Uh Uh-huh. I see. An incident in Highbridge? What kind of... How many timelines? Code word broken? (sighs) Understood.